Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Every now and then in the culture, there comes a song that speaks to the issues that's going on, and people can resonate with this song. They can, they can, they, they, they can feel it, okay? And I remember just a few years ago, just a few years ago, I saw, I saw a song by a secular group called Black Eyed Peas. I know nobody in here knows who Black Eyed Peas is. So I'm going to help you this morning. And so this is a secular group. They sing. They're very talented, really. They sing. They, they rap. They, they have very, um, just, just lyrics that speak to what's happening in everyday life. Okay? I'm not a big fan, so I'm just putting it out there. But I came across this song because I was really interested by the title of the song. And I, and I want to just quickly, especially in light of what was happening this week, I want to just quickly direct your attention to a few of the lyrics. Just, just quickly take a look at, take a look at this. Take a look, take, take a look at this. By the way, this, the, the name of our, our, our message this morning is called Where's the Love? Called Where's the What? Where's the Love? That's the title of the song. Look at some of the lyrics. Look at some of the lyrics here. People killing, people dying, children hurting, I hear them crying. And I, I'm missing a word, please forgive me. Can you practice what you preaching, or can you practice what you preach? Would you turn the other cheek again? I wonder if you guys are hearing some familiar words there. Father, Father, help us. Send some guidance from above, because people got me, got me questioning, where's the love? And then they switch towards later, later on in the song. They switch now. And they say, and if you never know what? Love, then you never know? God. This song, by the way, that was, uh, that was organized by the Black Eyed Peas, this song, this song had several celebrities in it. Actors and entertainers and singers of all kinds of genres. These are people that most of us in our circles would think, oh, these people don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. They don't want to have anything to do with the Word of God. But did you hear what they were just saying right now? They were, they were quoting Jesus. They were coming from parts of the Sermon on the Mount, which is, by the way, where we're going to, I'm going to conclude this part three of something I've shared with you guys before the kingdom, kingdom life now. They pulled from Jesus in some of his teachings, and they said, look, can you practice what you're preaching? Can you turn the other cheek? At one point they say, they cry out. They say, Father, Father, can you send some guidance from above? Because from what we're seeing right now in the world, from what we're seeing in Florida, which by the way, what happened down there, I grew up right down from that school. I used to send my brother to that high school to play soccer. I know people right now that would have, if they hadn't moved recently, sent their kids to go to that school. 
The young lady who lost a friend of hers, who told, her friend told her during the shooting to put up a book. You may have seen that circulating on, online. To put up a book so that the bullets wouldn't hit her. One of the bullets grazed her. And then her best friend died right in front of her eyes. That young lady, I, when I left the church that I grew up in in South Florida, that young lady was a little girl. She goes to my church. You see, I also posted, the, I put this question out to some of our young people. And I'm, I'm going to share with you one of the first things that they talked about. But I want you to know, I want you to hear what this song is capturing. Because as they're sharing this song, they're in essence trying to get the collective cry of humanity right now. And humanity right now, family, I want you to really hear what they're saying in this song. Because I really believe this is so relevant for right now. They want to know, where is the love? Because I want to ask you, who do you think they were addressing in this song? Who do you think they're talking to? Someone, someone talk to me. Christians. Will you practice what you're preaching? Will you turn the other cheek again? Oh, well, if I can't get it from them, will the Father, Father, help us send some guidance from above? Because people, maybe these people, got me questioning. Where is the love? Where's this love that you're talking about? If you never know love, then you never know God. It sounds like they know something. You see, I don't care how secular your friends may seem to you. I don't care how someone may be a professed atheist. The truth of the matter is, when life hits, when things get really serious, when it gets really deep, they have some expectations of us. They know something about God. They know what we're supposed to be doing. And they're looking at you, and they're asking the question, hey, I may kind of say like I don't believe but isn't your God supposed to be about love I get it you're vegetarian I'm, I'm, I'm down with that you rest on the seventh day Sabbath I'm, I'm cool with that you expect Jesus to be coming back any day now I get it but, but, but like I'm living right now 2018 my son just got killed where's the love Amen. Amen. Is, is this the conversation that's wrapping our minds right now in our community of faith, is this what's central? Are we getting in meetings and we're saying, how can we love people better? Yes. Are we talking about peripheral issues that honestly don't make a look? It's not the conversation that's happening out there. It's not what they're concerned about right now. Where's the love? I want to suggest to you, more than suggest, that what Jesus is saying as he's now concluding his sermon. I'm actually going to be preaching Jesus' sermon today. He's concluding his sermon. And Jesus says, look, I don't want the world to have to ask this question. I don't want them to have to ask this question. And right off the top, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, look, if, if, if you don't want the world to have to ask the question, where is the love, then I'm going to need you to do something, citizens of my kingdom, because that's what the whole Sermon on the Mount is about. What does it look like to be a citizen in the kingdom of God, i.e. the church? And he says, look, I don't want the world to have to ask this question. So he says this, knowing that he would say a little bit later on, as he's getting ready to go to the cross, he'll say, look, you will know that you are, they will know, the world will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another and so he says look i don't want them to have to ask that question so he says look one of the first things i want you to know is if you're going 
to live life in my kingdom. And if you're going to have a life that does not cause the world to have to ask, where is the love? Jesus says, you've got to stop having a judgmental spirit. Look what, look, look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says, family. Matthew, Matthew, where? Are you there now? As the person who said to me, uh, not quite there yet. I gave you a little bit of time, amen? Matthew, go to Matthew chapter 7. Jesus, he is concluding his sermon on the mount. And he says this. We're just going to read the first few verses. He says this. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use in terms of judging, it will be measured back to you. And then there's something interesting that he says. By the way, you know Jesus uses humor. Do you know that? Listen to this. He says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? You're concerned about a, a, a speck in your brother's eye, but you're not concerned about the huge plank that's in your eye. And sometimes we'll read things in the scriptures and we don't quite get visually what Jesus is saying. So I thought I'd help, uh, help us out this morning, family. Here's a speck. Looks painful, doesn't it? Yeah, here's a speck. It's a splinter of wood. It's kind of a grotesque picture if you think about it. Jesus is saying, why are you, what, you're, I get it. There is a speck. It's there, right? So why are you concerned about that in your brother's eye? But wait a minute, you've got this in your eye. Yeah. We've got some pet sins that we really like to talk about. Oh, if you would just stop doing that. Oh, I can't. What is wrong with you? Like that lifestyle, like what are you, why would you say those words? Like, I can't, oh, right? And Jesus is like, yeah, I get it. That is a speck in their eye. It is. I'm calling it what it is. It's a speck, right? I.e. sin, right? But he goes, but I got a problem with you. Because here's my problem. If you're truly going to represent my kingdom, you can't spend so much time focused on the speck. And you got one of these, literally a beam coming out your own. I'm going to clarify something by the way that he's saying, because you may interpret this. One of the, it used to be, they say, that people, the text, that the people, if they were even just straight, secular, not going to church, everybody knew John 3.16, right? But they say today, this verse is the one that they actually know. Don't judge me. Now, I'm going to tell you what Jesus is saying, and I'm also going to tell you what he's not saying. Is that all right? Okay. Because watch this. Let's say that somebody, some unsanctified saint, God forbid, not in this church, but let's just say hypothetically here, someone went and they stole one of these mics, right? They stole one of these mics. And as they're there, they steal the mic. I see that they stole the mic. I go to confront them about the mic that they stole. However, I've stolen several of these. And I got them in my bag, right? And I'm going, oh, why did you steal this mic? Is this helping us today? You see, Jesus is saying, look, don't go to people with a spirit of judgment. A critical spirit. A self-righteous spirit. If you're reading there in Matthew chapter 7 there. 1 to 6. You'll see that Jesus says, You'll see that Jesus says he'll call them out. He says, you hypocrites in the Greek, you actors, you're acting like you are righteous, but inwardly you are unrighteous. You're putting up a front. 
You're faking the funk. And I'm not buying it. Because people know when they, they people can, you know, you can speak with one word, but your actions and the spirit that you come at people with is saying something totally different. You ever wonder why you get in some conflicts and you wonder why are, why, why, why are they so upset? I told them the truth. But your spirit said nothing that the truth biblically is supposed to capture, and that's love. All truth, by the way, is ultimately a revelation of the love of God in Christ. And so you cannot speak truth outside of its spirit. People get that. They feel it. They, by the way, most of the time, people won't remember what you say, but they will remember how you made them feel. Don't discount feelings. We cannot make decisions based on feelings, but feelings are involved. Amen? People feel something coming from you, and if it's not Jesus, if it's not love, they may be getting a critical judgmental spirit, and they're saying, where's the love? Now, I want you, now I want you to hear what Jesus is not saying. He's not saying that we should not evaluate character. He's not saying that we should not evaluate fruit. Because we're going to touch on that in a second. So he's going to come back and provide some clarity. What he is saying, though, is, is if you're going to come to somebody because of an issue, he'll talk about that later on in Matthew chapter 18, I believe, or 19. But I think it's 18 when he talks about how to go to a brother when there's offenses within the body of Christ, correct? He says, look, if, if you've got an issue, then go to that person. But understand, you've got to come with humility. Hello. You've got to come recognizing you've got a two by four. Do you know when I was reading this in uh, Desire of Ages, the inspired author, she says that what Jesus is saying is twofold. One, it could be that you've got other skeletons in your closet and you're coming off as if you don't have any. Or it could be that the two by four is actually the judgmental spirit that you're coming at somebody with. That is a worse sin than what you're upset about. That's that's the prophet. That's, that, that, that's, that's what she said. So, so, so we, we need to humble ourselves, family. And, you know, look, we may think we're right, but you can do right wrong. You really can. That was one of the biggest problems the Pharisees had. Look, they were learned. They had the 28 down. You, you follow? But they did not have the love of Christ. The world is saying, family, where is the love? And they're not looking to the scientists asking, where is the love? They're not looking to whatever political persuasion. They're not asking that question. They're saying they're looking at the church and they're saying, where is the love? Where is it? We need it to show up right now. When tragedy hits, are you moving in? Where are you? Jesus says, look, if you, if you, if you feel that you, all right, ah, Jesus, I feel that. Uh, help me because I, I, I've been there. I've had that critical spirit. Jesus says, look, let me help you. He says, let me help you. Go with me. Go with me now. Verse, verse, verse seven. Verse 7. Because Jesus is letting you know. By the way, have you ever read the Bible and you've heard the teachings of Jesus? You're like, Jesus, what? you're talking about one thing, and all of a sudden you're talking about something else. It just sounds like you're just being random. Come on, somebody be honest with me this morning. You've been reading the Bible and you see Jesus talking about, oh, don't judge, right? But, but, but then he goes and he starts going off on another tangent. You're like, Jesus, what? what, is, what is that in the context of what you just said? Follow, follow this, family. You've probably read this before. Verse 7, Jesus says this. He says, ask and it will be given. Wait a minute, Jesus. You were just talking about judgment. We, not, ask, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Verse 8, for everyone who seeks receives and he who knocks finds. And, 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 and to him who knocks, it will be opened 
to him. Oh, you know, if you really like prosperity teaching or you really like it when you can name it, claim it, hang it up and frame it, you like it when God tells you, you, you can just come and ask and I'll give it to you, right? Go down to that car dealership and claim your BMW, right? You, you, you like this text, right? You know what Jesus is saying? This is where studying the Gospels in, 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 in like a harmony of the Gospels, comparing, here's a good interpretation principle, compare Scripture with Scripture, right? With Jesus as the central focus. He says this, look, if you go to, if you go to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus will actually, uh, Luke rather, will actually uh, comment here on what Jesus, not comment, he's, he's quoting what Jesus is saying. Matthew leaves something, I believe, very important out. <laughs> Go there real quick. Luke. Go to Luke. Luke chapter 11, because I believe this really unlocks, unlocks this for us. It unlocks this for us. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Because Jesus will go on to say, look, if a father, if you ask a father for something, isn't he going to give it to you, your earthly father? And if you being evil, won't he give it to you? Jesus, you were just talking about judging. Why are all of a sudden you talking about asking? Well, here is it. Jesus says, look, in verse 13 of Luke 11, he says, if you then being evil, ouch, Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give what? Give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Who asks? Okay, you're there in Luke, right? Flip over to the next book, John chapter 5. What is it that the Holy Spirit primarily is, is giving us? John chapter 5, verse 5. John chapter 5, verse 5. You know what? Did I say John chapter 5, verse 5? Excuse me. Actually, I'm sorry. Romans. Forgive me. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Pastor is human. Amen. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> yeah. All right. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 5. The Bible says this. Now hope does not disappoint, but because the love of God, the what? The love of God has been poured out into our hearts by who? The Holy Spirit who has been what? Given to us. Oh, Jesus says, look, don't have the world saying, where is the love? And you go, Jesus, all right, I'm sorry, you're convicting me right now. I'm feeling my toes being crushed. Jesus says, look, it's all right, let me give you some help. He says this, he says, if you don't want that judgmental spirit, just ask. You want the love of God to be inside of you. Jesus says, look, you need the Holy Spirit. Because the role of the Holy Spirit is to reveal me for the purpose of pouring the love of God in you. The description in Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, verse 17, when it describes the remnant, God's church in the last days before he comes, when it talks about the same group. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, it brings two things together. It says they have the, they keep the commandments of God. Hello, somebody. They keep the commandments of God. They have the faith of Jesus. So they have the testimony of Jesus, right? They got Jesus. They got an experience with him. But guess what? It's flowing out in love and love is revealed in the law of love. Keeping his commandments. But guess what? We don't have the ability to do that. So who do we need? The Holy Spirit. It's really simple what Jesus is saying. God's people in the last days will have Jesus. They will be soaked, saturated in the gospel. They understand they're saved by him. He did it. But now in gratitude of the grace, they are living in awe of him and they are revealing by obedience to the commandments. They are revealing by the power of the spirit, the love 
of God. Jesus says, if you don't want the world to be crying out, where is the love? You need the Spirit. Ask. Something cool about this ask, by the way. Did you know? He said ask, and then he said what? Seek, and then he said what? Knock. What does that spell? Ask. Seek. Knock. Ask. You want to stop having a judgmental spirit? You see the context that Jesus is talking about? Ask. I'll give it to you. I will not withhold my love from you. What do you think I want to show you and pour into you? It's love. How do we get the love of God in our hearts? You may say, okay, CJ, I, I, I ask. I ask. Well, this is now talking about prayer. And, and, and hopefully we're spending time with Jesus every day. Amen? Hopefully that your prayer time is not just prayer, but you're also wanting to hear from Jesus. Because if all you're doing is talking to him and you don't let him get a word in, there's not much of a relationship there. So you need him to speak to you. So you need to be in the word. Your central focus, whatever you're reading, whatever you're reading in the Bible, your central focus needs to be the love of God revealed in Christ, the gospel. Jesus says that. Paul will say that. Luke will say that. Central to whatever doctrine you're looking at, prophecy you're looking at, the gospel needs to be central. And so when you see the love of God revealed in Jesus, guess what? As you behold, Paul says, you will become. As you keep the love of God revealed in Jesus, fixed on your eyes, in your mind, you start to become like him. So you're focused on him and you're asking the spirit to make you like him. That's the primary role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, ask. But guess what? He says, I want to show you the results of asking, but I'm also going to give you a warning, church. I'm going to give you the results of asking. I'm going to show you what that looks like. But he's also saying, I want to give you a warning, too, because there's a danger here. And watch this. Go with me now as we, as we get ready to close in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. The Bible says this. Therefore, by their what? fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, pay attention to this family, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does what? The will of my Father. By the way, that is all wrapped up, based in, soaked in love. The will of God is always an extension of his love, okay? And so he who does the will of my Father in heaven... Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out what? Demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And here's the response of gentle, loving Jesus. The lamb, right? He says, and I will declare to them, I never what? I never what? knew you. Depart from me, you who practice what? Iniquity or lawlessness? Sin? Look that, I, I want that to sink in because here's what Jesus is saying, family. Look, if you want to experience this kind of love flowing from me, you've got to bear the fruit of love flowing from a relationship. You've got to bear the fruit of love that flows from a relationship with Jesus.
Here's what I'm saying to you, and here's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. I want to put it to you in ways that hopefully you can understand. So, look, I can tell you guys all day long that I absolutely love my wife. She's watching right now. She's not feeling well this morning, okay? So it's the second trimester. Amen. And so I could look at right now on the camera. By the way, greetings to those of you that are watching online. But I could look at the camera and say, Deidre, I love you so much. I'm telling everybody right now. I'm shouting it from the mountaintops. I just love you, right? But when I get home from church, when you guys are not looking, and she says, uh, CJ, Tommy made a poopy diaper. Can you go change that, please? And I go, I'm sorry, I'm tired. It's the Sabbath, I'm resting. Handle that. What happened to what I just said? Where, where's the love, right? Thank you for here. <laughs> Help me preach, brother. <laughs> where's the love, right? She goes, hey, CJ, the trash, you know, it's, it's been sitting for like three, three days. And we, we agreed, you know, because the aversions, the smells, I can't do it. So can you take out the trash? And I go, hey, sweetie, you know, I'm tired. I, I, I preached. I'm exhausted. You're going to have to handle that. She'd be asking, where's the love, right? Jesus says, look, I know I'm talking to religious, church-going people. Good people, right? But he begins that part there in Matthew 17, Matthew 7, verse 15. He starts to say, look, there are going to be many people who are going to come, right? And they're going to, they're going to prophesy. They're going to do things that look very religious. They're going to speak scripture, right? They're going to maybe look like Pastor CJ standing up before you. They know a lot about the Bible. They have information, right? And they look like sheep. He says, but I need you to look for some fruit. Don't just go by a profession of Christianity. Don't just go by a profession of Seventh-day Adventism. By the way, your name on the roll is not what's going to get you in the kingdom. It's a relationship with Jesus. Amen. That permeates all the other stuff. It embraces the other stuff, right? But Jesus says, I don't need empty shells. There will be many, Jesus says, that, 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 that would have maybe asked or were, were in Sabbath school. They were teaching. They were a part of Pathfinders. They came regularly to church. And he's saying, look, when this thing hits the, the fan and I come, they're going to say, but Lord, wait, whoa, why, why can't I go in? And I, he's going, but I never knew you. There was no relationship there. What is relation? What are relationships built on? trust, right? love, amen. Let's get practical now for a second. You need to spend some time with that person, don't you? I can't tell you, hey, we're in a tight, we're close, and I, we never hang out. I only like what you post on Facebook. I follow you on Twitter. Are we really close? What else needs to happen? You're there with that person now. You're spending time with them. You've carved out time. They're important to you, right? They're prioritized in your other relationships and activities. Are you just sitting there, just silent, looking at each other? Is that what happens? You got to communicate. Come on, help me preach, Adam. You communicate, don't you? What's the most important part of communication? Listening, right? How many years do we have? <laughs> we got two, right? One mouth. It's important to listen to what the person has to say, because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Would the same not be true for the Lord? Out of the abundance of his heart, 
His word speaks to you every day. The word of God, the scriptures, isn't the spirit through the scriptures trying to speak to you every day? It's through what he spoke that he still speaks. He's not just talking to the children of Israel thousands of years ago. It's through what he spoke to them that he's speaking right now to you in 2018. You've got to spend time with God. You've got to let listening to him be your priority. And then you respond in prayer and in thanks and in asking for the spirit to dwell in you for the day. Jesus says, look, I, I, I don't just need people that are doing great ministry, right? He talked about people, family. Judas cast out demons. You know that, right? The Bible says Jesus gave all 12 power. Power. They went out and they cast out demons in the name of Christ. And Judas betrayed him with 30 pieces of silver and hung himself. Don't just think because you're serving, you're good. Your name is on the roll. Look, you need a relationship with Christ. You need to know him. You need to receive the gospel. You need to be in intimacy with him. The thing that you want to talk about the most, the thing that just, oh, I just can't wait to tell somebody what Jesus did for me today because I love him and he loves me. And yeah, we'll talk about some other peripheral things, but oh, I can't wait to get to Jesus. He needs you to have a relationship with him, family. If you want to avoid the, the, the world having to preach to you like this song, then you need to stop having a judgmental spirit. You really do, because you're a sinner just like them, saved by grace. Yeah, only difference is Christ. He makes the difference. You also need to ask. Just ask. Spend time with Jesus, focus on him, focus on his love revealed in Scripture, and then ask, I want that. Make me more like him. And he does. Sometimes I feel, I feel uncomfortable sometimes when people come to me and they say, hey, CJ, oh, Thank you so much. And you did. I'm like, you know, really? If you really knew me, <laughs> my wife knows me. If you really knew me, you'd know that was, that was really Jesus that you saw. He took, he took, he took hold. Yeah. And then you need to bear fruit. There needs to, be, there needs to be growing evidence that you are becoming like the person you see in the Gospels. You sound like him. You talk like him. You love like him. Person's cursing in front of you when you're getting your hair done. You're not immediately jumping out talking about, hey, what's up with that? Hello? You need to build a relationship with people. Understand them. Understand where they're coming from. Listen to them. Try to show the love of God. There will be opportunity for the Spirit to do what he does. But they need to know, you know, you can't correct somebody without first. They need to know that you love them. They need to know that. Because rules without relationship breeds, produces rebellion. I'm going to say it again. You want to correct somebody, right? They're doing wrong. They're, they're doing something that's out of harmony with God. And you want to correct them, right? You want to tell them the truth, right? They need to first know, they need to be able to feel, not just know that you said it, they need to be able to feel consistently in your life, in the relationship that you have with them, that you love them, or else you should probably be silent. Pray for them and pray for you. They'll let God get in my heart. Because if, you don't, if they don't know that you love them, they will not receive what you have to say, even if it is the truth. Because the truth is always spoken 
but more importantly, demonstrated in love. Here's how Jesus closes his Sermon on the Mount. The musicians are about ready to play. Hello. Right? The phrase team's coming up, right? Jesus is now getting to the appeal and his voice is getting a little animated. He's getting excited. He said, look, if you guys will listen to what I just said, hear his voice bellowing down from that mountain there by the Sea of Galilee. And they're all gathered there and they're hearing his voice thundering down. And he says, look, if you guys want to experience what I've just preached about, Matthew 5, 6, and now 7, he said, look, you will do well if you heed my teachings. If you follow me, he says you will do well. You'll be like a house that was built on a rock. Right? Now, who's the rock in Scripture? Somebody shout out his name. Jesus. Look, my teachings are built on me. The Scriptures are built on Christ. He is the rock. If you want the love of God, you need Jesus. And he says, look, I'm like that rock that a house was built on. When the winds of life, when depression and financial difficulty and relationship challenges and family challenges, when it all starts to hit, you will not fall. You might cry, but you'll be like a rock that is firm and it will not be moved. When Jesus comes, you will meet him in peace. If you stand on the rock, now you can fall, as Jesus will say later on, on the rock, you'll be broken. We need to be broken in the presence of Jesus because he knows how to mend us. And he knows that there's some things in our character that need to be chipped away and worked on. But he says, look, I'm about restoring. You'll be fine. You'll be firm. You will not move. But he also says, if you just kind of take what I just said and it goes in one ear, out the other. Thank you, thank you, Pastor CJ. That was a good word. And then you go. And people in your life are going, where's the love? The youth are asking, where's the love? Your coworker is asking, where's the love? Your family member, your spouse is asking, where's the love? If you just go away and say, good word, Jesus that you don't stay with him and be rooted and founded on that rock. He says, you're going to be like someone that tried to build a house on some sand and on the beach in South Beach in Florida, on the beach of Hawaii. And that hurricane came. And they were one of those people that I used to watch when I was growing up in South Florida, sipping their whatever. And the newscaster's interviewing them and they're going, look, why aren't you evacuating? Hey, we've been here forever. We live in that condo on the beach. We're not leaving this. And when the storm comes, they come back to interview that person. And they're not there. Because the house and them, hopefully not, but maybe, is no more. Jesus says, you will be wise to listen to what I say. Be rooted on me. Because though you may cry and may experience the, the pain and the, the challenges of life, you will be rooted like you are building a house on rock and you will not be moved. Doesn't matter if everybody else around you, if half the church gets moved and swept away, you will be rooted because you're focused on Jesus. You're firmly planted on him. I believe these young people are knowing and experiencing what it means to be rooted in Jesus. 
I am praying and hoping that they will live such lives that people will go, oh, where's the love? Like, we need to do another, another video to respond to that video because look, when I look in the lives of these young people, when I look at the lives of the people, there it is. There's the love. I see it. I don't just see it. I don't just hear it. I feel it. Because Jesus is all wrapped up in them. Do you want to reveal that love today? Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.